Voice America Business. Welcome to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers. Leaders are the heartbeat of any organization. Let Drs. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler show you what it takes to become a top 10% performer in your organization. Now, here are your hosts, Dr. Greenberg and Dr. Nadler. Welcome to Leadership Development News. I'm Dr. Relly Nadler, and we have Dr. Kathy Greenberg on the phone also. Uh, between Kathy and I, we have helped thousands of leaders and executives to perform in the top 10%. And today we're very excited uh, to interview Michael Neal. Michael Neal is a best-selling author of You Can Have What You Want and Feel Happy Now. He is the creator of an Effortless Success audio program. We'll get him to speak about both of those. He has a website at www.geniuscatalog.com. And so we'll get, also get him to talk more about what's available there. Kathy and I always want to bring you the best in current leadership topics, interviews with proven leaders, and we want to provide evidence-based best practices to help you develop more leaders in your organization. We know that leaders are the heartbeat of the organization. Most leaders, though, uh, underestimate just how much influence they have over others, and thus they and their teams underperform doing a few things differently um, can drastically improve your performance. And Kathy, I just realized that it I took your part here, but let me introduce you to the, the call, Kathy, and then you can take it from here. Oh, no worries, really. I just want to say that we are very, very excited to have Michael Neal. And um, I think Riley was giving you his website address. Let me give you that again. It's www.geniuscatalyst.com. That's G-E-N-I-U-S-C-A-T-A-L-Y-S-T.com. And we're very excited to have Michael today because, as you know, as Relly was saying, the leaders in your organization, as well as you, are the heartbeat of an organization. And as Relly was saying, just doing a few things differently can really make a big difference in what you do and how you do it to improve your performance. And what Michael's going to talk to us about today are what happy companies know about performance, what happy people know about performance, a little bit about emotional intelligence and positive psychology strategies, which you know are high on uh, our checklist here on Leadership Development News. And we're going to talk about self-management tools to be your best by being happier. So why don't we just say hello to Michael and make sure he's on the line. Hello, Michael. Hello there, yes. I'm oh, good. Here. good. <laughs> and really, if you'd like to yeah. carry on, that'd be great. Michael, before we uh, pick your brain on some of these issues, what we'd like to do is talk about some of the evidence-based leadership. And the reason we talk about leaders and leadership so much is that we know that leaders have 50 to 70% influence over the climate of their team. They are the emotional thermostat for the team, and the reason is emotions are contagious. To be a star performer, we define as someone being in the top 10%. And typically, the more emotional intelligence you have in comparison to either IQ or technical expertise is the key factor that allows someone to move up. While we also talk about leaders so much, if we can get someone in the top 10%, that person is twice as productive in regards to revenue as to managers in the 11th to the 89th percentile. So real value in bringing someone into the top 10%. Also, we know training is important, and if you have training, that can help productivity. Research shows about 22%. But if you add coaching to training, 
follow-up on, on specific issues, it can add to productivity as high as uh, 88%. So from 22% to 88% increase with coaching. Both Kathy and I are certified coaches, and we know that bringing coaching to your organization can really help the, the organization move forward. If you want to get more information from Kathy, uh, her website is www.h2cleadership.com. She has her happiness books, tools, speaking keynotes, leadership and coaching services. And if you want to get more information from me, uh, my website is www.truenorthleadership.com for emotional intelligence books, tools, speaking keynotes, leadership and coaching boot camps. And then, Kathy, maybe you can tell us a little bit more about Michael Neal and maybe how uh, this connection has come about. Sure, that'd be great. Well, I was delighted to discover Michael um, as a, a banner um, on our mutual, um, I guess, kind of common associate, uh, Carolyn Kepscher's website called Finding What Matters. And um, she was featuring Michael's work on his book, You Can Have What You Want, and his programs, Effortless Success. And for those of you who are listening who are female entrepreneurs, uh, we are, both Michael and I, delighted to be featured by Carolyn Kepscher. And you may remember Carolyn Relly from the Apprentice TV show with oh, Donald right. Trump. Um, Carolyn was the vice president, actually EVP, the highest ranking woman in the Trump organization. She managed his, uh, his golf courses and his real estate related to golf courses. She was very popular on the show, and she spun off on her own about a year ago, and she was kind enough to take me to dinner and ask me to be one of her coaches for her Yahoo Seeds for Success winners, which I'm sure, as Michael know, were announced on the Today Show in April. And we have three women who are tops in in their field as, as entrepreneurs who are now competing for a prize, and Yahoo will be building their infrastructure, and folks uh, like Michael, myself, and others will be coaching them throughout the year to help them be successful. So let me tell you a little bit about Michael now that I've told you how we've met. Michael has spent the past 17 years as a coach, advisor, friend, mentor, and creative spark plug for celebrities. He is also known to CEOs, royalty, and people who just want to get more out of life. He hosts a weekly talk show on hayhouseradio.com, and his daily coaching column can be read on his website at www.geniuscatalyst.com. Welcome, Michael. Thank you very much. It's 18 years now. I've, 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 uh, <laughs> I've had a coaching birthday. <laughs> very good. And you were, uh, you were in the, um, the actual celebrity field yourself, weren't you? Yeah, I, 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 was a, I was a fringe celebrity. I was famous in Wales, which, which is an interesting phenomenon because there's a river separating Wales from the rest of the U.K., and I, if, I, if I needed an ego boost, I could cross <laughs> over into Wales, and then if I wanted to be anonymous, I'd just cross back into the U.K. So. <laughs> good. Very good. Well, Relly and I are very excited to spend some time with you. So, Relly, how about if you dive into the first sure, question? Sure, sure. So, Michael, we have a series of questions here. We want to get your, your input on We may vary from some of these. But uh, who would you say... Uh, most influenced you as a leader? This is a question we ask most folks. So who would you say has most influenced you as a leader? It, it would have to be my dad, um, and that's both as a dad, because that's, I guess, the first you know, leader that you run into in a, in a traditional family model, at least. But also he ran a, 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 an engineering company, um, which he'd been doing from before I was born, and it was, it was his, his other family. And, and the... You know, he never taught me anything about it in, in the sense of formally sitting down and going, this is how you do it. But 
when you hang out with somebody, you sort of learn how they do right. things. And, and he was kind of a remarkable leader, particularly for his era, sort of 50s, 60s, 70s, because he, 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 did the, he was so emotionally intelligent that, that he managed to sort of, long before they'd identified what that was, he managed to create amazing relationships with his, his staff and with, you, you know, it was an, it, the kind of an office where there was very much the, the separation between the white collar and blue collar, and yet he created a sort of a family atmosphere there to the point where, where the unions tried to organize three times in his factory. And each time they failed, not because he tried to stop them, but because they had never arranged deals for the employees as good as what he offered them anyways. Huh. Um, that's, that's, I, you know, so for me, I, what I really got from him was, was I think, three things, which was, was directness, um, because he was, you know, no beating around the bush at all, but directness sort of paired with kindness. You know, there was, there was no ant, uh, antagonism behind it. It was just direct. Um, and, and, then, and then just sort of honesty and integrity. And it, it's funny because I didn't know growing up that showing up on time and doing what you say you will was a competitive advantage. Hmm. But it turns out it is. <laughs> you know, that was just something that I just took as a matter of course. Of course you do that. But, uh, you know, that, that was a nice thing to have inherited. Well, it sounds like you've inherited a lot of great things from, from your dad and obviously from your mom and grandparents as well. I, I am fascinated by, by you, Michael, and let me tell you why. Um, in, in your discussion around you can have what you want, I want to share a little bit with you very quickly. Um, I hit the wall of life in 2003 as an executive at one of the largest consulting firms in the world. I was making millions of dollars, and um, in an instant, um, I was told I had a life-threatening illness or two, um, I had lost um, both my parents uh, on Mother's Day and Father's Day, respectively. I had lost a baby in my seventh month the year before. I was getting divorced, and my husband was taking more than half of his share of goodwill because I made more money. And all of a sudden, I woke up and I said, I've got to get a better life, and I did. And what thrills me about talking to you today is the fact that I think there's a thread between us. You say something very important. You say, when you get really clear and honest about what you want, everything in the universe conspires to help you get it. Now, that's your quote. So let's start with that now that you know a little bit about me. Let's talk about what's the secret to having what you want? Well, it's, it, it's almost about cultivating um, like a dance uh, with life where, where possibility and opportunity meet. Um, you know, there's a lot of stuff that's out there. The, the, the way I think about it is there's sort of three schools uh, of, of getting what you want. And the, the traditional one in business for, for many years has been the acquisition. You know, the stuff of life is out there, and your job is to go out and get it. And you get it by working harder than the other guy and, you know, outsmarting him and, and sometimes, you know, maybe being a little bit dishonest. But that's okay because, you know, all's, all's fair in love and war and business. And, and that's, that's one tradition of getting what you want. And it works up to a point in terms of getting the stuff of life, but it doesn't necessarily get you a wonderful life. The second school, which is the one that got really popular in the last couple of years, again, it, it comes in and out of fashion every 20 years or so, is the school of attraction. And, and that's the sort of thoughts are things, uh, like attracts like, you know, as you think, so shall it be. And, and in that school, it's, it's the mental energy you put out rather than the, and emotional energy rather than physical energy that's supposed to get you what you want. But the, the breakdown in the way that I've seen 
the school of attraction taught. And the reason that even though a lot of people, you know, will get the parking space in the first week that they try it and will get one or two really cool things happen and then it all falls apart, is because they use it as another tool for acquisition. So instead of actually making their life about happiness and well-being and just allowing the sort of natural bounce back from that to come into their life, they try and use it as a tool. Okay, I'm going to put happiness towards this goal, and I'm going to put happiness towards that goal. And that's not really happiness. That's just using an emotion to try and create an effect. And the third school, which is the school that I teach from, is what I call the school of creation. Oh, fabulous. We, well, can, we can pick up on that if you like. But. We are going to definitely pick up on that because that, that's where I love to live. And we'll be right back with Michael Neal on Leadership Development News. The bottom line in business, Voice America Business. Most leaders underestimate their influence and power over others and thus underperform. Dr. Relly Nadler and Leaders Playbook help leaders point the way by providing the strategic place to get to the top in a simple paint-by-the-numbers process. Seasoned and emerging leaders will have answers to these questions. What are the steps to move up and become a star in your organization? How do you develop your people to be the next-level leaders in the organization? What are your triggers that are holding you back, and how do you manage them? How do you maximize your power and influence so you and your team perform better? What do you do to ensure your communication is received accurately? How do you delegate effectively? How do you develop strong relationships across the organization? Emotional intelligence training, coaching, books, and tools by Dr. Nadler are available at his website, www.truenorthleadership.com or 805-683-1066. This is Ed Hanway. CEO of Cigna Corporation. Join us in celebrating all babies, those born healthy, and those who need help to survive. Go to marchofdimes.com and tell your special baby's story. Read other stories too. And while you're there, learn how you can help the March of Dimes fight premature birth and give babies a healthy start. What a wonderful way to celebrate babies. Marchofdimes.com. Kathy Greenberg teach you and your team how to harness the power of happiness to generate even greater success and satisfaction at work. Did you know by applying coaching and the new science of happiness, you can improve your return on people anywhere from 50 to 350%. At H2C, we believe in both a return on people, that's ROP, as much as return on investment, or ROI. Dr. Greenberg, co-author of What Happy Companies Know and What Happy Women Know, is the leading global expert on coaching combined with the new science of happiness and originator of the happiness equals profits business formula. Kathy's company, H2C, Happy Companies, Healthy People, provides practical training for individuals and entire companies to maximize their potential in as little as one day. Kathy herself is available for one-to-one executive coaching, group training, and as an electrifying conference speaker for distinctive learning, practical solutions, and proven results. To learn more about adding Kathy and H2C to your team, visit her blog at kathygreenberg.com. That's Kathy with a C, greenberg.com. And click on the H2C link. 
Internet's only all-business and financial radio network, Voice America Business. Listening to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers with your hosts, Drs. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions that you're just dying to ask, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News. We're talking with Michael Neal who is the best-selling author of You Can Have What You Want and Feel Happy Now. He also has an audio program, Effortless Success. And before the break, Michael was talking about three ways that people get what they want. Acquisition, which is physical. Uh, school of Attraction, which is very popular in the last couple of years, is a mental aspect. And we're just now getting into School of Creation. So, Michael, what's that all about? Uh, maybe the, the easiest way to explain it. Uh, I, had a, I had a woman who wanted to hire me as, as a coach, and she was extremely successful, so I was you know, curious what she wanted uh, to get from the coaching. And, uh, you know, she said that she'd been really sort of learning about the law of attraction and she'd, she'd sort of attracted herself, you know, uh, a new film job and, a, you know, a new place to live and a new boyfriend who, and I, I remember her words, actually seems to like me, which she was very excited about. <laughs> and, uh, and, and so I asked, yeah, I said, well, it sounds great. You know, what, what do you want to get out of our working together? And she said, well, I'm terrified that it's going to stop working and I'm going to go back to being miserable. And that's, that, that's sort of the, the, the problem and the distinction between the three schools in a nutshell. When, 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 you, when you think in terms of acquisition, the power is outside of you, and it's out there in the visible, physical world, and if you want some of the power, you've got to go out and get it. And, and if you don't get what you want and you believe that it's all about acquisition, well, it's because the world's rigged against people like you, or you just didn't try hard enough. So, so it's either you know, a, a messed up world or it's your fault. And if you, if you just think in terms of attraction, well, the power is still outside you, but now it's in the invisible metaphysical world. And, and if you want to tap into that power, you've got, to, you've got to align your thoughts and your feelings and think the right things and feel the right feelings and intend the right intentions and, and, and desire the right desires. And if you don't get what you want, well, it's either because God's got a higher plan for you or you just didn't think positive enough. So again, it's either the world is messed up or it's your fault. And, and creation-based thinking recognizes that the power is inside us. And that's, that, that's a power that's not, it's not necessarily a magical power in terms of, you know, ooh, I can, you know, visualize this car and this car's going to appear. But it, it, it's the power to create our experience. And we can't not use it. You know, in physics, they talk about the uncertainty principle, that the observer always affects the observed. Well, what we create on the inside in terms of the feelings and the way we think and, and, and all of that stuff, that creates our experience of the world. Whether or not it actually creates the stuff of the world, it totally creates your experience. And because of that, that's going to influence what you see, which opportunities you see, which actions it occurs to you to take. And from a creation-based model, you're just looking at, okay, this is what I want to create. This is the raw material I have. So if things aren't the way that you thought they should be, that's just different raw material. So you're accessing your power through the choices you make about how to be in yourself, you know, your ground of being, your, your attitude, your angle of approach to things, and you know, the words you speak, the actions you take. So you're actually using all of you. And if, if, you're, if you're not getting what you want from the point of view of the school of creation, 
all it means is that you either haven't found a way to create it yet, or it's just taking more time than you want it to. Mm-hmm. There's no blame and no fault and no shame in it. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's a school that doesn't promote either burnout, which is what happens in the school of acquisition, or disappointment, which is what tends to happen uh, you know, in the school of uh, attraction. You know, as you're speaking, I'm I'm thinking about my own life. I'm sure all of our listeners are. And I told you a little bit about myself. And then when I got my act together, you know, recovered from my illness and stopped feeling sorry for myself and realized that what had happened to me was a gift and that I could I could actually do and be and have what I wanted by making different choices and realize that the choices I were making were not realistic for me. I got it, you know, and then everything just fell together. And as you're speaking, I can't help but think how absolutely gratified I am by the life I have. But there are many people, as you know, Michael and Raleigh, who will listen to this um, radio show today or the recording and, and download it at some point in the future. And they're thinking, how do I overcome my traumas? How do I, in, you know, kind of get to my impossible dreams, as as we like to say? How can I improve my, my areas of life? And, Michael... Um, can you talk to us a little bit more about why don't more people already have it or get it or, or can make it work? Well, I think it, it's, we're actually up against a lot. The fact that, that you get any insights into how things really work is really a credit to you, whoever you are, because you know the, the, the sort of cultural mythology that we live in is one that says that you'll be happy when you get what you want. And that's, to me, that's the biggest myth in Western civilization. It's, it's actually beginning to sort of permeate Eastern culture and Oceanic cultures as well, but, but it really sort of is a, is a myth that comes out of, of Western culture. And so what you've got is you've got every message that you receive from, from the time you start receiving messages about how life works and, and what life's all about is happiness good, unhappiness bad, Way to happiness, get stuff, and do stuff. Way to unhappiness, don't get stuff, don't do stuff, or do wrong stuff. And, and because that's the message that everyone gets, which is a very outside-in way of looking at the world, most people don't actually look inside and begin to see what's really going on until, as in your case, there's enough bad stuff in their life that they have to disconnect from the game, from the message, or... They have a mentor, they, they run across a coach, they read a book, something happens that sort of triggers an insight, you know, sight from within, where they actually look inside in that way, and then they suddenly go, wait a minute, it doesn't matter if you say it a thousand times, it's no more true. Yeah, yeah I, I wished I'd called you in 2003. <laughs> <laughs> I was there, man, I was waiting. Where were you? So uh, go ahead a little bit more. Uh, Michael, and talking about what it is that, you know, why people don't care they want, and I'm really interested in what you're saying, I think we'll get to this as we go along, about the observer and kind of the self-observer, you know, so it sounds like there's this part of us who's observing ourselves and maybe is impatient and and maybe somehow uh, uh, impairing us, not able to get what we want. I I had a a client who was um, a, a sports coach. So he, um, he, he, a performance coach in sports, and he's worked with uh, a couple of the uh, national Olympic teams and uh, loves soccer and has worked with a couple of the uh, largest club teams, both in America and abroad. And, and he, was, he was complaining to me 
one day. He's saying, "Oh, I don't know. I'm 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 just I'm just going to the dogs. I mean, I got up this morning and I, you know, and I just lay in bed and had coffee and had sex with my girlfriend and then went went out to the training ground at 11 and worked for a couple hours and now I'm just lying around watching TV." And I said, "You're describing my dream life." <laughs> But because of the way he was seeing it, he was seeing it as bad because he was comparing it to a picture in his head of how things are supposed to be. And if there's one sure way to feel bad about yourself, it's comparing your insides to somebody else's outsides. So you look at what their life looks like, at the facade of their life, and you go, oh, my God, they must be so happy because, of course, we all know the way to happiness is by getting the right stuff. And you totally can lose track of the fact that inside, they're just like you. They want to love and be loved. They want a sense of meaning and purpose and value in their lives. They want to feel like their lives matter in some way. We're pretty simple creatures at heart. But we build this whole complex thing and make it into this, this really difficult game where we've got to achieve and we've got to get somewhere. Well, who says? I'm not saying there's anything wrong with achievement. There's not, and a lot of my clients are incredibly high achievers, but they're not coming from a place of, I've got to get this in order to. Uh, I mean, the rule of thumb that I use is if you're doing things in order to be happy, you're doing them in the wrong order. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that is one of the keys to being happy in life, is, is being honest about how things work out and the order in which they work out because sometimes people want to leap from total obscurity to high-profile success without understanding the learning and the journey you have to go on to be able to handle that level. I, I love those. I mean, I, I, when I started as a coach, and I, I don't know if you went through this as well, uh, I would get these people who'd come and they'd, uh, you know, they'd have these really exciting goals. You know, I want to make a million dollars this year. I want to be the CEO of this company. I want to do this. And I didn't used to ask what I now know is the most important question is, where are you now in relation to that? Beautiful. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, I, I, the, the one that, that actually really brought it home for me was a guy who was, uh, uh, in an, he was actually, he, he was one of the founders of a network marketing company. And he, incredibly positive, energetic, fun guy to be around. And he kept talking about how things, you know, were going really well and they were just on the verge of breaking through and they were almost to 10 million in, in, um, in turnover for their first year. And it finally occurred to me when, when I noticed that Nothing seemed to be moving, which is unusual. When I work with somebody, normally things start to move quite quickly. And I said, when you say almost to 10 million, what do you mean? He said, well, we're at 300,000. <laughs> and again, the, the observer affects the observed. <laughs> and his point of view is a little bit different than mine. And, and that seems to be the case with a lot of our younger people, what we call the millennials. You know, They really believe because of the World Wide Web and their ability to have a virtual life that is real to them, people they've never met or seen, but they know those people exist because they contact them over the Internet, really believe that that is possible. Michael, we're going to come back right after this message and talk more about what kinds of things everyone that you've ever met can do that can really help them have what they want Um, As written in your book, You Can Have What You Want by Michael Neal. We'll be right back. This is Leadership Development News. The bottom line in business. Voice America Business. 
Most leaders underestimate their influence and power over others and thus underperform. Dr. Relly Nadler and Leaders Playbook help leaders point the way by providing the strategic place to get to the top in a simple paint-by-the-numbers process. Seasoned and emerging leaders will have answers to these questions. What are the steps to move up and become a star in your organization? How do you develop your people to be the next level leaders in the organization? What are your triggers that are holding you back and how do you manage them? How do you maximize your power and influence so you and your team perform better? What do you do to ensure your communication is received accurately? How do you delegate effectively? How do you develop strong relationships across the organization? Emotional intelligence training, coaching, books, and tools by Dr. Nadler are available at his website, www.truenorthleadership.com or 805-683-1066. Let Kathy Greenberg teach you and your team how to harness the power of happiness to generate even greater success and satisfaction at work. Did you know by applying coaching and the new science of happiness, you can improve your return on people anywhere from 50 to 350%. At H2C, we believe in both a return on people, that's ROP, as much as return on investment, or ROI. Dr. Greenberg, co-author of What Happy Companies Know and What Happy Women Know, is the leading global expert on coaching combined with the new science of happiness and originator of the Happiness Equals Profits business formula. Kathy's company, H2C, Happy Companies, Healthy People, provides practical training for individuals and entire companies to maximize their potential in as little as one day. Kathy herself is available for one-to-one executive coaching, group training, and as an electrifying conference speaker for distinctive learning, practical solutions, and proven results. To learn more about adding Kathy and H2C to your team, visit her blog at kathygreenberg.com. That's Kathy with a C, Greenberg.com. And click on the H2C link. The Internet's only all-business and financial radio network, Voice America Business. Listening to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers with your hosts, Drs. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions that you're just dying to ask, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News. We're talking with Michael Neal. Michael, in your book, you kind of contrast uh, going for realistic goals, and then also something that you call the power of wow. Maybe you can tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, that's just a little pun on Mr. Mr. Tolle, but, uh, but, but there's no question about it. I used to call them big grin goals, because there are things that you want, and, and a lot of times people won't even admit these wants, because they seem like, oh, that's too ridiculous. But when you think about them, it just brings a big grin to your face. Mm. And if you actually, and, and that's, I don't mean the fantasy, you know, the, the sleeping with the Swedish volleyball team. I actually must say, I, I've used that as an example for so many years, and, and somebody in the audience once actually sent me a picture of the Swedish volleyball team, and I've revised my fantasy. But, <laughs> but, but you know, there, there's those sort of fantasies, but, but beyond the fantasies, there are things that are sort of like just such authentic, heartfelt wants that when you think about them, you almost want to, you, you want to you giggle. Yeah. And, and 
it's when you're actually pursuing those wows, it's a curious thing that I've just noticed over the years, and it's, it's borne out by studies that they did at, um, at uh, the Warford, is it Warford? Oh, I'm going to get this wrong, but it's one of the, one of the big negotiation schools, Wharton. Wharton, right. Um, School business. Where, where they, where in the study that they did in the negotiation schools, they found that people who went into a negotiation with a specific target, even if that target was huge, did better in the negotiations than people who went in trying to get everything that they could. Mm-hmm. And it's the same in life. When you tap into something that would be a genuine, and this is what I mean about being really clear and honest, like you really, really, really would love it, that's actually easier for you to get than something that seems like it's within reach but you're not inspired for. So sometimes, depending on the person, it's easier for them to go out and make a million dollars than it is for them to make 150000 because with the 150000 all they've got is their left brain and their logical next steps. And, well, I guess if I do this, that'll get me another 5000 But when they tap into a wow, whether that wow is to do with money or to do with position or to do with relationship or to do with just happiness in life, suddenly their whole brain kicks in, the right brain kicks in, the creative brain. And, and there's, there's an energy of inspiration. And, you, you know, there's that famous quote from Thomas Edison that... Uh, you know, creation or invention is, is you know, 99% perspiration and 1% inspiration. But the reality is that, you know, perspiration without inspiration just stinks. You know, and if you, if you ever go to get paint mixed, you know, what they do is, is whatever the color is, even the brightest color, it's 99% white paint and 1% whatever the color is. But that 1% creates the entire color of the paint. And it's the same thing with our goals. That inspiration, which you can draw into you by just staying with your wows, even if you don't know how you're going to achieve them, even if they seem ridiculous to you, that inspiration is the energy that will lift your energy, that will make you attractive in the sense that they talk about the law of attraction, but that will also inspire people around you to help you out. Because when somebody's living a life that makes them go, wow, other people are just drawn to that. Oh, I, I could not agree with you um, more, more, I want to say, heartfully, because we know from our, our fact-based research that when the heart and the brain are in sync through our friends at HeartMath, who've taught us a lot about this, and we'll have Bruce Cryer on a future show, we know that um, the energy level in the body will shift. And in fact, when your heart is fully engaged and you are living a life of joy and thinking about life according to a different set of rules, which I think you refer to in your process as rules of joy, all sorts of things happen to help us achieve what we never thought we could have if we had predicted where we'd be. Now, there's something you also talk about, Michael, so I want to hear a little bit about this. You know, most people say no pain, no gain. Um, You say no, no pain, no pain. Yeah, the whole no pain, no gain thing never made sense to me, and I I guess that... (laughs) You know, it's it's not for me that, like, I'm terrified of pain or that I won't do anything hard. It's just people seem to think that you're going to get more if you suffer more. Mm-hmm. Like, like there's an equation there that, that the more suffering I do, the bigger my reward will be. And you can sort of see, again, in the cultural mythology where that idea might come from. But I've just never seen it borne out in the real world. I'm, you know, you talk about fact-based research. I don't mind anecdotal research, but I'm interested in experiential research. In other words, I don't care what the theory tells me, because I know that the difference between theory and practice is that in theory, 
there's no difference between theory and practice, but in practice there always is. So, you know, when somebody can say all they want, well, you know, no pain, no gain, but what I find in my own life is a lot of the most wonderful experiences in my life didn't involve any suffering or pain at all, and some did. So that's why I don't say, you know, pain bad. I just go, you know, why, why add it? <laughs> you know, why add suffering? Just, just so you think you earned it, or I think many people have this kind of assumption that life is hard, and, and therefore I have this hard life. And they right, make, and, they and the world is a wonderful self-fulfilling prophecy. Right. If, you, if you come at it with that belief, you will prove it yeah. every time. I mean, you, you know, one of, my, one of my rules of thumb, one of the first things I, I talk to all my clients about is, you know, the world is what you think it is. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that's the way the brain works. Whatever the thinker thinks, the prover proves. And so what, what you look for, you're going to tend to find. What you listen for, that's what you're going to hear. Um, and if you know that, then you don't take your own opinions quite so seriously. You know, one of, one of the, I think, the biggest uh, things that gets in people's way, especially if they're, they're interested in learning about success as opposed to just sort of plodding on, is, is they, they learn that they're supposed to be positive. And, and this positivity almost always comes at the cost of honesty. And in my experience, it's when, when you're not being honest with yourself about what's going on, when you're out of sync in that way, when you're faking it till you make it, well, of course, you're going to wind up feeling like a fraud because you are one. <laughs> you know, it just makes sense. You know, and, and there's this cognitive dissonance that happens where you're trying so hard to be positive, and the harder you try, the more it seems like, well, gosh, my life isn't as good as I'm telling everyone it is, so maybe my life's really bad, and you get totally out of sync. And I think the experience that, that, you, that you guys were talking about, the, 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 the experience that you, know, you had, uh, Kathy, in, in 2003, was, was you were forced to get back in sync with yourself. And when you're in tune with yourself, when you're in tune with that sort of innate wisdom we all have, that innate common sense, that innate well-being, you know, that we were all born with. I mean, babies don't need therapy. There's a reason for that. <laughs> you know, when you get back in sync with that, life gets a whole lot easier. You, you talk um, a little bit about um, effortless success or seemingly effortless success. Um, tell, tell us a little bit about your life. How, how have you applied this approach to creating seemingly effortless success to your own life? Yeah, it was funny. My, it was my it was my agent who who complained when I uh, when I when I you know, used the the phrase effortless success because he said, "I see you work sometimes," <laughs> and, and what I mean by effortless success isn't that you don't do anything; it's that there's no efforting. For for most people, what's so tiring isn't the actual action day to day. It's all the thought and the stress and the pushing and the trying to motivate yourself and the trying to get yourself to do stuff each day. That's exhausting. That's effortful. But when you're no longer, the the interesting thing about life is, you know, if you're not punishing yourself all the time, you don't need so many rewards. And so if you're not constantly battling against yourself, trying to make yourself do things you don't want to do, you have all this energy that you're overflowing with this energy. And so it's a natural result of that, that, that energy that you go for what you want. I mean, the, the metaphor that I, that I use, because it's, it's the most accurate one I know, is you know, trying to go for what you want with, with, with an effort attitude is, is like carrying a canoe on your head barefoot down a dry riverbed. You, you might get where you're going, 
but it's it's going to be slow and painful, and you're going to need to rest when you get there. Yeah, I think I did that once. (laughs) Whereas when you allow yourself to slow down, get in sync with yourself like we were talking about, tune into your wows and your wants and what, what you really want and your experience of life, it's like getting in the canoe and the river fills with water and you just float downstream. And, and all these things start to happen that you go, wow, how did that happen? I couldn't have planned that. How is it that this person, I run into this person, and this is the perfect opportunity for the thing that I want to do. And, and that's why I think to some people at first it looks magical, is because all of these synchronicities and coincidences start happening. But all it is, is you're tapping into a flow that's always there. Mm-hmm. But because we most of us spend so much of our time trying to make it happen, we miss the fact that just to our left, it's happening. So, so with that, and I think that's a great metaphor of just getting in with the flow of, of a river and you only need a few strokes to keep you going and bypass the obstacles. Uh, what are some ways that you help people tap into that wow? Because I imagine some of the listeners are going, well, I, it sounds good, but I'm not even sure what my wow is. Well, every, you know, th- this is the thing. is we're, we're, You know, people are out of touch with their wow because, you know, in, in a lot of cases it's been beaten out of them by life. And, and they, they, they fear that if they get back in touch with that wow, they're just going to be disappointed again. And it's kind of a learned helplessness. And so a lot, of, a lot of what I do is I just beat them over the head until they get back in touch with it because everyone's got it. I remember the story I tell in the book I'll, is how the book came to be was I was in the back of a cab in Chicago uh, really late at night. I'd been performing at a club and... It, you know, just got in the back of this cab to go to a friend's house, and it started to snow, and I love the snow, and I said this to the cab driver, and he just slammed on the brakes, and I thought he was going to kick me out of the cab. And it was one of those, he just started to tell me about his life. And so, you know, whenever I'm with somebody like that, one of the first questions I, I ask is, you know, well, what's your dream? You know, what would make you come alive? You know, what would make you go, wow? And he, he did that thing that people do, where he got this faraway look in his eyes, like he's looking at the dream, and then blank, you know, the shutters came down and went, I don't have a dream. And I just kept at him gently. You know, I just kept saying, come on, everyone's going to dream. What would you love to do? You know, no, I, no, 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 I know it'll never happen, but, you know, even though it won't happen, what would you? And it finally came out for him that his dream was to go back to his, his country, Ghana, and, and build houses in his village, the way that Americans built houses so that they would, they would really be strong and last. And just in getting to that point, he became younger. You know, his face lit up. His eyes lit up. And, and, and that's the thing. When you start to get in touch with that, all this energy that you've been pushing down to try and be sensible and smart comes back up, and that's what will carry you to your dream. Well, we'll be right back with more from Michael Neal at Leadership Development News. So stay tuned. We have lots more to share. The bottom line in business, Voice America Business. Most leaders underestimate their influence and power over others and thus underperform. Dr. Relly Nadler and Leaders Playbook help leaders point the way by providing the strategic place to get to the top in a simple paint-by-the-numbers process. Seasoned and emerging leaders will have answers to these questions. What are the steps to move up and become a star in your organization? How do you develop your people to be the next level leaders in the organization? What are your triggers that are holding you back and how do you manage them? How do you maximize your power and influence so you and your team perform better what do you do to ensure your communication is received accurately 
you delegate effectively? How do you develop strong relationships across the organization? Emotional intelligence training, coaching, books, and tools by Dr. Nadler are available at his website, www.truenorthleadership.com or 805-683-1066. What can you tell me about SkillsUSA? SkillsUSA teaches you employability skills. So you know how to deal with people, you have teamwork, your resume is going to look awesome. Well, it's important to know your technical skills, but not only that, to have soft skills, the skills of learning how to communicate with people. On the web at skillsusa.org. Let Kathy Greenberg teach you and your team how to harness the power of happiness to generate even greater success and satisfaction at work. Did you know by applying coaching and the new science of happiness, you can improve your return on people anywhere from 50 to 350%. At H2C, we believe in both a return on people, that's ROP, as much as return on investment, or ROI. Dr. Greenberg, co-author of What Happy Companies Know and What Happy Women Know, is the leading global expert on coaching combined with the new science of happiness and originator of the happiness equals profits business formula. Kathy's company, H2C, Happy Companies, Healthy People, provides practical training for individuals and entire companies to maximize their potential in as little as one day. Kathy herself is available for one-to-one executive coaching, group training, and as an electrifying conference speaker for distinctive learning, practical solutions, and and proven results. To learn more about adding Kathy and H2C to your team, visit her blog at kathygreenberg.com. That's Kathy with a C, greenberg.com. And click on the H2C link. The Internet's only all-business and financial radio network, Voice America Business. Listening to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers with your hosts, Drs. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions that you're just dying to ask, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News. We're talking with Michael Neal, who's the author of You Can Have What You Want, and feel happy about it, let me give you his website again, www.geniuscatalog.com. Catalyst. Catalyst. <laughs> oh, sorry. Right. I don't know who the folk at geniuscatalog.com are, but I'm sure they love you. <laughs> That's good. Okay, thanks. Thanks for the correction there. So with that, we're talking about uh, my own personal obstacles. We want to kind of talk about some obstacles, uh, the obstacle course to success that you've seen. And you talk about in your book nine uh, Obstacles, and maybe you can walk. Yeah, uh, just to frame it, I mean, if you think about getting what you want uh, as a coach, really, the 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 two questions. If you only had two questions, and you were going to coach someone, the two I would choose are: What do you want? Which is what we've been talking about up until now, getting in touch with those real, wow, inspired wants, and what stops you? Because if if I want to walk out the door right now. Unless something stops me, I'm just going to walk out the door. If I want to achieve something in my life, and I really want it, it's not like a should or a have to, but I I genuinely am inspired to go get it. Unless I run into an obstacle, 
I'm just going to go get it. And, and over the years, uh, you, you know, we've cataloged that pretty much any obstacle a company or a CEO or a, an actor or whoever you're working with comes up against is going to fit into one of nine categories. So either you, 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 you don't get what you want because you don't know what to do, and so that's information. You, you need information. Or you know what to do, but you don't feel like you can do it, and that's skill. Or you don't believe it can be done. So belief is one of the obstacle areas. Or you don't have the energy or you're too stressed out to do it, and that's energy and health. Or, or, or other people get in your way. I could do it, but they won't let me. You know, uh, I just don't seem to care enough, which is motivation. Or I don't have the time, or I don't have the money, or I'm too scared. Time, money, and fear are three of the big ones. And so by just pinpointing where people tend to get stuck, because for everyone that I work with, there are usually one or two areas that come up again and again. So it may be that in one area, what's missing is just some information, but the thing that comes up again and again is, I don't have enough time. And so then what I would work with them on is developing their ability to create with time and to use time in creative ways so that that goes from being an obstacle area to an area of strength. And, and there's a lot of different ways. It's interesting. Since the book came out, I get letters from people, how they use it in their company. Um, we used to use it as part of a consultative sales process where we'd go into companies and use the grid to I, very quickly isolate what a company's obstacles were or a team's obstacles, mm-hmm. and that would give us insight and strategies into how to, how to quickly overcome them. And, and the point of it all is that in most cases, when people are in their flow and in sync with themselves, they don't need years and years of therapy. They just need a nudge. They just need to get back into the flow. It's like a stick flowing down the river. It, it might get stuck on a rock, but the stick doesn't need therapy. The stick needs a nudge back into the flow of the river. And, and people on the whole, when they get stuck in pursuit of the goal, they just need a nudge back into that innate flow, innate well-being, innate wisdom, innate common sense that's just a part of who we all are. And, and so that's what, that's what I do. That's a beautiful thing to be doing because it helps everyone achieve a better life and positive attitude and, and helps people get what they want for themselves. Yeah, and I mean, that's the universal want. I mean, the one yeah. thing that everyone wants is a more wonderful life. And even though you may define that completely differently to me, that's what you want. And, and that's always going to be a combination of the inner and the outer, of, of happiness and stuff. You know, people say, oh, no, no, I don't care what I have. I just want to be happy. I don't meet many people that that's true for. But I also don't meet many people who, I don't care about happiness. I just want stuff. <laughs> you know, yeah. what we all want is peace of mind and a nice piece of real estate. You know, we want both. And that's perfect because that's actually, that's the elements of a, of a wonderful life, the inner and the outer. I want to be clear for the, uh, the listening audience um, where you can find Michael. Um, we can find you at www.geniuscatalyst.com. And, and Michael, your book was uh, number one on Amazon.com UK, is that right? Yeah, and we, we did it without an Amazon campaign, which I was particularly proud of. Mm. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was, it was wonderful. And it was, again, what I loved about it is it was an effortless success thing. I didn't go out and force it, and I didn't sit back and visualize and attract it. It just was the natural consequence of doing what I did to create a book that was really going to make a difference for as many people as possible, and then going out and talking about it as, as just 
enthusiastically and honestly as I could. And in fact, what turned it to number one was an appearance I did on a radio show in the UK where I was attacked by the host on air. And, you know, and he, he was, you know, you know, you know, you Americans, you come over here with your positive this and your positive that. And, you know, you know, you're just trying to turn us into another America. And, it, <laughs> and I just burst out laughing because, you know, he, this was this really lovely guy who had been really nice to me up until that point off air. And, and, and I just said, look, I'm not on a mission from God, okay? I'm just somebody who has learned some things in the course of living my life the way I've lived it, working with the people I've worked with, that I enjoy sharing with other people. And if, if you want to use it to make your life better and have more of what you want, God bless you and, and please take it. And if you don't, God bless you and please don't. <laughs> now you have a new... A manuscript that you're working on that will be released next spring, is that right? Yeah, it's called Super Coach, 10 Secrets to Transform Anyone's Life. Oh, beautiful. And that's, uh, that's going to come out in the U.K. first, um, and then we'll be out in the States later in the year. Well, that's wonderful because Relly and I will be continuing into 2009, and so we'll have to reschedule you to come back and tell us all about Super Coach. I would be delighted. Excellent. Relly, any last, uh, uh, um, last questions? Yeah, so, so what I love hearing... And I think given what we said earlier about coaching is that little nudge, because I think many times people think they need big problems, big issues, but I love that metaphor, that little nudge with the, with the stick in the stream, and that's what, how coaching can move you forward. So, Michael, any kind of last thoughts about fear? Because I imagine that's a common thing. Any quick thoughts? Go about a minute or so. Yeah, I think the thing, the thing about fear that, that comes up uh, again and again is that, you're not afraid of what you think you're afraid of. You're always afraid of what you think. And, and that one distinction, when you get that you, nobody's scared of spiders, they're scared of the pictures they make in their head of spiders. They're not scared of making a presentation. They're scared of the movie they watch in their head before the presentation of it all going wrong and everyone laughing at them. And when you just begin to really notice that before any feeling of fear, there's always a fearful thought. It's like when you're in a movie, like a scary movie, and somebody's cell phone goes off. You, 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 no matter how caught up in the movie you were up until that point, you can't get as scared anymore because you go, oh, God, it's just a movie. And it's the same thing with the things that we think are really scary in our lives. When you start to notice, oh, I'm not actually scared of that thing out there. I'm scared of the creation in here. It all just starts to fade away, and you don't have to do anything about it. Mm. It just stops being so scary. Mm -hmm. So it's really been a, a, a identifying the thoughts. And many times we talk about you have to name it to tame it. So identifying it, it's this thought that's scary. Actually doing it isn't so bad. I was gonna say, I'm, I'm glad yours rhymes too. I always talk about spot the thought. <laughs> well, we've been talking to You Can Have or to Michael Neal, who's written a wonderful book called You Can Have What You Want and Feel Happy Now. And he's the creator of the Effortless Success Audio Program. Michael Neal, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for having me. You've been listening to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers with your hosts, Drs. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We sincerely hope that you're leaving us today with some great ideas and inspiration from today's top leaders. Join us again next Monday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time right here on the Voice America Business Channel.
money, up-to-date business and financial.